APU. American Public University is proud to present Online Teaching Lounge. This podcast is for educators, academics, and parents who know that online teaching can be challenging, but it can also be rewarding, engaging, and fun. Welcome to the Online Teaching Lounge. I'm your host, Dr. Bethany Hansen, and I'll be your guide for online teaching tips, topics, and strategies. Walk with me into the Online Teaching Lounge. Welcome to the Online Teaching Lounge podcast. We are here with my guest, Dr. Sylvia Nemers from the School of Science, Technology, Engineering, and Math at American Public University. So excited to have her today, and I would like to just welcome her, and we'll jump right in. Sylvia, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, it's really great to be here today, and I guess if I were to introduce myself, I would say... I'm a person that's always loved learning. I have a bachelor's and master's in biochemistry and a PhD in environmental chemistry, but I've also loved teaching. Of course, I've taught at the university level and at the graduate level, but I also homeschooled my kids. And a lot of my kids' homeschooling happened when we lived overseas and it was distance or remote. So I've really spent time trying to understand remote education as both the instructor, the parent, and I've taken courses online too as the student. So a broad look at different ways of learning and teaching. Fantastic. Sylvia, thank you for giving us that little bit of background so our listeners know something about your orientation here to online. You really have a lot of experience and we're so happy to have you today. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm wondering, in your experience with online education, what is something that you see as a helpful tool that, say, the instructor could use to work with students? Well, when I think about online education, or even starting from distance, Mm -hmm. because my kids, we lived in Greece, and they were doing homeschooling in Greece through a U.S. program. So it was always engagement. And then we come to online and there is a better way to engage because you can have discussions with other students or you can have assignments that get graded and feedback in faster than three weeks with the mail system across the ocean. So as we make these advances in technology, we have new ways of engaging. And I think that in the last three to five years with COVID and everything that's happened, our level of engagement and our technology has even advanced further. So my theory on getting the most on education in an online environment is trying to stay as current as I can with what's available and try to see how that can make the experience more fluid and more connected because I think it's connection to your students I mean, you've got to love your material, but you also have to know and enjoy your students. So I have always tried to say, well, what's up new? And for me, video has been the thing. So if I can make an announcement to my students using video, I can connect with them. They can see that there's a person behind the screen and behind the keystrokes. And I can say in a video announcement in 30 seconds, more than I would probably ever type. 
and I can deliver it with some perspective and some connection. Oh, that's fantastic. And then beyond a video announcement, I actually really love doing video replies on discussion. So a lot of online learning is based on discussion boards. In fact, for a while there, when we designed courses, we were feeling that it was really necessary to have a discussion every week. This may or may not be the case going forward for the courses that different people teach or design, but discussion boards are a big part of a very typical online course. So when I'm in a discussion, I even do my replies using video. Again, a short video can say a lot. I can do more than critique, but I can pull threads in how this, whatever I'm talking about, might relate to their life if it's a gen ed course or to the career if it is one of the more advanced courses. All right. Yeah. And in what you've shared here, I heard three different things that I think I'd just like to circle back to, if that's okay. Mm -hmm. The first one was that you mentioned how important it is to really engage with online students. And I've had that experience too, both on the faculty side and the student side. And really, there's no substitute for that sense of connection, whatever's going to bring it. So I appreciate you bringing that out and that this is a tool for helping that to happen. And second, you mentioned the announcements. Announcements might be an area that some of our faculty would be a little bit more comfortable, like a little blurb and announcement video might be short, right? Two or three minutes talking about the week. Then when you mentioned discussions, I thought, oh, this could be a new area for many online faculty. So I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about how those work in discussions and maybe what your response has been. Absolutely. So to be honest, we all need to have the balance of keeping our students engaged and keeping them successful. And also we have our work-life balance. So part of what I do with discussions is for my own benefit in that I can generally reply to discussion boards so much faster using a video reply. And like I said, I feel like I'm getting more value for my minute as well. But what I'm really trying to do when I do those replies is let that student know, let's say they have a challenge in their work that needs to be addressed. In addition to telling them, I would like to see you add this, I can also say, because doing that will give you a chance to find out this or gain this skill. So rather than taking a long time, and it takes me a long time to type and proofread because as the instructor, I've got to have better grammar and put together format than my students do because I'm that role model. So this gives me the efficiency. It gives me the depth of communication and the whole, I think it makes for a better experience. Yeah, it does sound like it would do that. And I'm curious, like from the instructor side, if we were not thinking about engagement alone and we were thinking just about efficiency, maybe how fast we can give that feedback to make sure we get to everyone. I know we have some faculty in my school who use Dragon Speech Dictate. So it's naturally speaking, I think it's called. And They'll type something, but if they use the dictation software, they're going to have three paragraphs versus a couple of sentences, and it's still going to be faster. But then the video could also be used for that purpose. And I'm curious, what would be maybe pros and cons of those two if someone was considering those? 
Well, I'm actually legally blind. I use more speech to text than most people do, to be honest. And one thing with speech to text is you got to remember to speak your punctuation. And sometimes you're saying the word to, like T-O, and it'll give you another form of the word to. So you've got to still edit that because it's not always going to get exactly what you mean. Whereas the video is pretty fidelity, you having that fidelity to what you're saying. So I think that's an advantage to the video. But like I said, also the connection to your student, actually seeing you there is a big plus for this. And I actually teach my students. The system I use does have the facility for students to create videos. So I teach my students to reply on discussion boards using video as well. Huh. Beautiful. And then they can see each other. That sounds like a great perk of doing that. <laughs> Absolutely. A little more sense of who we all are, right? We'll be right back after this brief message. At American Public University, we believe that higher education can unlock higher purpose. So we offer 200 modern programs for those who want to make a difference. And we believe education must adapt to students' needs. That's why we've made it accessible through online classes and flexible with monthly program starts. American Public University, within reach, without limits. Learn more at AmericanPublicU.com. And we're back. Have you ever been able to compare courses where you've done this with those maybe where you haven't? And do you notice anything if you've had a chance to do that? Definitely anecdotally from students and from end of course surveys, I often hear students tell me that they have never had a faculty member do this before and how much they appreciated the connection. A couple of courses that I do this in also have a team project aspect, which is a conversation for another day. But by having teams be able to video each other and leave those video notes, it's really improved the engagement and the I think it lessens any potential concerns that students have about an assignment when they actually hear the instructor speaking to them and knowing they're dealing with a human. <laughs> yeah. A lot of it is about connection. And while I don't have any data that I've collected, numeric data, I definitely have that anecdotal response of the students that they really enjoy it. Yeah, I can imagine, especially when the rest of the space is bunch of texts and images, right? It's not as engaging as a real person. I'm just curious, okay, we might have some people listening today to the podcast who are super nervous about getting on video. I remember when I used to make videos for my courses maybe 10 years ago, I would make a take, I would edit it, I would really get all dressed up for this video, and it was a big deal to me. Now, maybe not so much. And I'm wondering how we might coach someone or encourage someone to start doing this without all that stress and worry. Oh, that is such a good point. That is really a great point. I think for me, we're doing this podcast right now, you and I, we're having a conversation, just like the good old days when we used to sit together and have conversations. I think of my videos in this framework. In the good old days, actually, I think these are the good old days. I really love distance education and reaching to students I would never be able to reach before. But we used to know that we needed to teach at a particular time of day. And, you know, we had our hair brushed and we had some clothes on and we went and taught. We didn't have a script usually. We had a 
frame of concepts that we wanted to cover. And we did that. And it wasn't recorded. I kind of keep that mindset. So when I'm doing my videos, I actually put myself in the mindset that I'm sitting and talking to my student as if we were just in the classroom and I was giving him the same feedback. I don't script it and I don't over critique it once I've said it. As long as the message I was trying to convey got there, I mean, a kind of a plus because I could hit restart and say it again. And I do that occasionally if I really missed my mark. How nice to have that option as opposed when it's directly face-to-face and you don't have that, whoops, can I repeat that? So you've got the plus of being able to restart if you need to, but I wouldn't be overcritical and I wouldn't think of it as a production of a commercial, but more of a conversation that you're having that's going to have some bobbles and imperfections in it. And that helps me a lot. Wonderful. I appreciate that. And as you were describing this idea of just imagining having a conversation. It also reminded me of sort of a theme in media right now where a lot of people are putting their own businesses online and in selling those things, one of the themes is authenticity and showing their humanness. So you'll see a person who started an online business with a picture of their family or their dog or whatever. And if there are mistakes in a video, they just leave them. So everyone knows they're a real person and it's not just some canned thing that's kind of generic. So I love the fact that you're thinking of it as that conversation. No conversation is going to be perfect and it's going to be more authentic. And hopefully that helps our listeners to relax a little bit as they're making videos and and not be quite so worried about the perfect presentation. Yeah, I appreciate those comments, Sylvia. Yeah, I would say rather than thinking of it as a video, think of it as a communication tool. Beautiful. Yeah. And are there needs for worrying about the captions on those videos? What would you suggest there? Yes. And this is particularly sensitive to me because I have struggled in my life to achieve certain goals due to some barriers and accessibility that I've been able to overcome. So definitely wanting to make sure that your videos are closed captioned is very important. If you are using an online classroom, many of them have video capture available inside of them with the ability to close caption. Certain things like Zoom or other commercially available things are also having closed captioning as a part of it because as we moved into this brave new world and using these types of things became more necessary and we knew that we all needed to be able to meet these ADA expectations for closed captioning. And on that, just real quickly, a lot of people think that, well, the ADA captions have to meet a certain percentage to meet the rules for ADA. And in fact, I'm not an expert on this. I'm not saying it from that point of view, but my knowledge does extend to the point that what we need to do to make sure that our videos are compliant with ADA and actually useful for our students is that we're using the most advanced technology available. So if you're using one of the larger providers of online classrooms or you're using Zoom or YouTube or whatever is providing the major provider of these closed captionings, that is what is needed. If you used a particularly complex terminology and you want to ensure that it's good, that's a great thing to review those captions. They all have that facility. But for the most part, relying on the advanced technology we have available will get you where you need to go. And I don't want 
us to not embrace the facilities and the advancements we have in fear of not being able to achieve certain expectations because we can do both. Mm, that's very encouraging. And I appreciate you mentioning all that. Now, some, of course, some LMSs or some learning management systems have embedded video recorders. Like our system we're using at American Public University has Kaltura, and it also has this space where you could record it outside the platform and upload it. And then there's the video note feature. Do you have any ideas about how someone might include a video if their platform doesn't have a really great way to do it or they need to think about bringing it in from outside their platform? Absolutely. This is not my area of expertise. <laughs> That's okay. So the best thing I can do is point you to the direction of our major providers like YouTube and Zoom and the equivalents to these because they are doing this en masse. And so they have very high standards that they're holding themselves to. Yes. And actually, now that you mentioned YouTube, I'm thinking of an instructor I, I noticed that was traveling, used a cell phone to create the video, and then they uploaded it to YouTube. And YouTube has pretty good captioning now. Might need an occasional edit, but it's so much better. It's come a long ways. So that's a another place where captioning could be automatic, but it does need to be proofed. So yeah, good. Are there other ideas you have around video that you want to share with our listeners today? I just would say, I think video, videoing as communication with your students is kind of like riding a bicycle. We all, at some point, were using our voices and our faces to communicate with our students in some form or another. And I think over time, we've gotten pretty comfortable with our keyboards. But if we move ourselves back, you can do a recording with only audio. You can. It's possible, too, if that's what you're more comfortable with. But it's like riding a bicycle. Once you get started with it, I was a bit hesitant at first. But once I got started, I just don't go back. I actually, one last thing, I do my grade. If I have detailed grade feedback that I need a student to refocus, I do that with video, too. <laughs> Oh, that's wonderful. You know, we haven't really talked about grading feedback by video, and I've seen a lot of different approaches to that. So I want to just mention those for a minute. I did have a world language faculty member talking to the student, correcting a lot of pronunciation because students submitted a video. So he made videos in return that were quite effective in helping students figure out how to speak. It was a Japanese class. Very, very helpful. I've also seen people put the essay on the screen and use a screen recorder that also recorded the audio so they could walk through it and touch things with the mouse. And I'm curious, do you think that the assignment needs to be there? Is it enough just to have that video talking? What would be really the concern or the benefits or thoughts around that? I think the answer is it depends as usual. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, for example, we also, in our programs in STEM, we have had problems that students, they understood the concepts and the vocabulary, but like you said, not the pronunciation, because maybe they haven't heard it. So the more we can talk to our students using the language of the topic that we're teaching, that helps them. But I think it really depends on the particular assignment that is being worked on. And the best thing is to just jump in 
and see what works. You may say, oh, that didn't go as well as I want. But guess what? The next time you do it, it's going to go much better. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Sylvia, I want to thank you for being here with us today as our guest, talking about videos and using them in your online teaching. And we're going to have you back for a few more episodes in the future, which our listeners should return for and look forward to hearing from you. And as we close out, I just wanted to give you one more chance if you have any final message for our listeners before we close our episode. I just want to thank you for having this opportunity to speak with all of you. And, you know, I think we're an interesting bunch as educators because we love our topics and we love our students. And I I love to be involved in helping everyone learn new ways to do it and listening to the rest of your podcast where I get to learn so much from all of your other guests. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you again for being here. We appreciate the message you've shared today and look forward to more. We've been here with Dr. Sylvia Nemers from American Public University, and we wish you all the best this coming week in your online teaching. This is Dr. Bethany Hansen, your host for the Online Teaching Lounge podcast. To share comments and requests for future episodes, please visit bethanyhansen.com forward slash request. Best wishes this coming week in your online teaching journey. For more information about our university, visit us at study at APU.com. APU. American Public University.